You're listening to Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast, presented by Brandon Elliott. This show will be going over all aspects of real estate investing and is intended to educate, motivate, and prepare you to take action on your first or next real estate investment. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy. back everyone my name is brandon elliott and welcome to ready set go real estate investing podcast super excited today today i am actually going to be going uh, over my personal deals what i'm working on right now uh, some of the struggles along the way the trial and error that i'm going through on a daily basis to uh, make sure that these are success stories and are you know good investments in general and uh, I, I really, lately I've been having a lot of people reach out to me in regards to making sure that their deals are correct. They, they want some encouragement, they want some, uh, you know, just that, that person to hold their hand a little bit and make sure that their numbers are, are right and before they actually jump into a deal and go over their head. So what I realized is after seeing three or four people um, in the past two weeks, after I saw their deals, I realized that a lot of people aren't running the numbers exactly, you know, how I how I was taught, how I learned, how, how I picked that up, and how I just run my numbers in general. And I go about it, I know the right way to do it, and then I also go about it a little bit uh, differently at the same time. So I'm going to give you how you definitely should, or at least how I believe you should do it. Run your numbers, analyze a deal, and as well as how I'm currently running my numbers with anticipation of in the future switching it up just a just a little bit. But um, yeah, I'm just gonna jump into it, and I hope you guys enjoy. If you guys could like this, share this, leave a review, subscribe, I greatly appreciate it. I definitely want to get this out to as many people as possible and show them, you know, what what why I love real estate so much, why I have so much passion behind it, and give people the opportunity to learn and be able to either quit their nine to five day job and you know get that financial freedom and what it's done for me and my family i think it's been tremendous so with that being said let's get to it so last month i just closed on the four different deals and i made a goal this year to get eight properties right now i'm at four and i actually am taking a break on purchasing new properties until my plan kind of works out and um, I'm going to be purchasing more and start looking around for more properties within around the fall. But I do have a couple other opportunities with partnerships as well as maybe some wholesale deals that I might just do for a little jumping into it really quick. But as far as projects, what I particularly go for are buy and holds. And I usually take advantage of the burst strategy. And if you guys aren't familiar with the burst strategy, that is you buy a distressed property, you do a full rehab on the property and make it brand new again, you rent it out, you refinance, and then you repeat the process. So that's the burst strategy in a little nutshell. And basically what this does, it's kind of a mixture of fix and flip, but then you're actually just refinancing it and turning it into the long-term buy and hold. But after you add the value, instead of just cashing out and getting a, a lump sum of cash, you actually you, you take advantage of that equity and turn it into a buy and hold strategy that you have little to no money actually into each deal. And I'm gonna go over some of the numbers exactly on my particular four properties that I just purchased, just to give you guys like the behind the scenes and, and show you that 
I, I am doing it actively and what these price points are because it might shock you a little bit. A lot of people I've run into, you know, they're so interested in real estate, they want to get involved, they know it's definitely one of the, the main sources to get to that avenue of financial freedom, but they just don't, they, they anticipate, they expect that you need a ton of money and they also expect that you know they don't they don't want to do all the crazy like landlord things that you know currently I don't have a property manager so there, there's a lot of things behind it that I can show you the ropes of easier ways to do it and kind of knock down all those barriers or possible excuses that people are taking advantage of right now if you guys are brand new listening to this if you don't know where to start definitely start with education but I, I definitely want to focus on you brand new have no idea about anything in real estate I highly highly recommend focusing on raising your credit score as much as possible you know focus on knocking off all the bad things raise your credit score and then also focus on just budgeting saving your money really cut out expenses that aren't necessary don't eat out all the time you know actually keep track of your your money what's coming in what's coming out and once you have a, a strong track of that then you'll be shocked to see money actually start piling up and, and going towards your savings uh, really quickly with, with my budgeting, I, I like to strive for 30, 30, 30, 10 rule. And what that is, is you're living off of no more than 30% of your total income. You save 30%, you invest 30%, and then you donate 10%. Whether that's uh, a tithing at your church or any type of nonprofit organization, whatever that may be, uh, karma always takes care of itself and, and gets you back 10 times fold. So, also when it comes to expenses, I always like to naturally round up and then with income that comes in I like to round down and that just gives me a little bit of wiggle room to actually make sure that you know the unexpected expenses that come up which it always does you know will actually be prepared for that it, it's crazy that I definitely want to kind of put that out there and let you guys know you know how important it is to actually be on top of your money your budgeting because so many people just aren't 70% of Americans have less than a thousand dollars in their savings less than a thousand dollars that's for emergencies it's like that's that's some deep stuff right there I, I definitely encourage you guys to focus on a budget and you know your savings as well as raising your credit score and once you are educated enough and take action on a few deals you'll be educated enough um, and to be able to actually pull off deals without using your own money and I'll go into this in, in a few minutes but really quick let's just go over some of the struggles and knock that out of the way um, so so I can jump into numbers and you know what a, a deal looks like and then I'll actually break down some of my personal numbers to give you guys you know the full uh, behind the curtain kind of view of what my uh, real estate portfolio is looking like right now and what I shoot for with the beginning goal as well as the end goal in mind so there is let me see um, with the troubles right now I, I I bought four properties two of which thankfully were actually fully remodeled and like I said I, I typically buy them distressed and then I do a full rehab on them the meaning behind that is to add the most value as possible but at the same time also defer maintenance as long as possible and as a bonus you're also dragging in a lot of attention to the property and turning the the negative neighborhoods around for the better. When you have something that is brand new, everybody wants that brand new house, that brand new feeling. They, they 
claim even if you're renting a place you're claiming a lot of ownership and it, and it feels good to live in, in something that's brand new that nobody else lived in so it gets a lot of attention and I can typically pick and choose a lot a lot more um, strongly I guess in that sense of you know the perfect ideal tenant because I have so many people knocking on my door or blowing up my phone trying to you know rent from me so I can really pick and choose and I can be a real pain when it comes down to qualifying a tenant and I qualify just like a bank almost because for the simple fact and body language and personality um, real estate is definitely a relationship built business so it, that all has uh, a factor in it but I am very tough on screening for the simple fact that you know I rather take a lot of time in the beginning to make sure that a deal is you know, the, that it is the right person and that in, in fold will pretty much turn into less headache and hassle down the road. So if I just let any Tom, Dick and Harry come into um, and, and sign a lease with me, then typically you'll run into a lot of issues down the road and um, definitely don't want you guys to do that. So I uh, definitely highly encourage you guys if you are going to be the property manager and manage your properties then I highly encourage you guys to read a couple books on um, becoming a property manager and understanding exactly what it, it looks like um, and is entailed. Uh, currently, I am the property manager of all my properties, but I uh, will be kind of leveraging that out uh, sometime throughout this year just to kind of clarify some of those things and make it a little bit easier on me. Um, like I said, though, if you screen very, very hard a little bit I guess you could say in the beginning then you won't have all that head headache um, down the road so uh, right now currently with troubles and uh, just travels and errors you know two of the properties they were they were in great condition fully remodeled uh, one of them the day that it closed I had a tenant signed lease good to go paid uh, moved in right away I haven't even met her yet um, and she's, she's been amazing so far. Um, that one is my Arlington property. So super excited about that situation. Um, right when it closed, I had somebody in there right away. Um, and she was actually interested in one of my other properties, but I kind of, you know, I, I felt like it was good to get her in that one. Um, but my other property, you know, like I said, I'm a real pain when it comes down to actually uh, screening the tenants. And I haven't been putting enough effort in actually advertising it as strongly as I should. So um, that's just something that you know I'm taking ownership of right now and actually letting you guys know so I can uh, be held more accountable in that aspect that you know I, I am missing out. That place is uh, expected to rent out for $1,000 per month and it's been a month uh, vacant so I'm losing potential income right there. And um, that is, is something that is no good. But at the same time, I'm not going to let just anybody move in. I'm going to wait for that perfect uh, relationship. But on my part, I could definitely advertise a lot more. So um, with that being said, um, besides that, you know, I also I have a small circle of contractors that I use that I really like, that I resonate with. And they're just, you know, uh, just stand-up guys, you know, man man or woman of their word, and they, they take pictures, send it to me, um, there's no hassle on payments, um, you know, so those relationships built and referral basis 
of contractors I really like to stick with. Unfortunately, um, because they're so good, they're busy, but also in the other aspect, uh, one of them is on vacation right now and holding me up a couple weeks because he was busy before and now uh, before he left and now he's going to be gone on a cruise for two or two and a half weeks. So that holds me up a little bit. I am taking advantage of um, the opportunity with the area that I invest in Ohio. It's uh, half a mile down the street from a famous Catholic university. I have some guys that were referred to me, students there that are... You know they're just crushing it they're doing an excellent job um, they're not asking for above and beyond uh, prices really extremely extremely affordable and making it a win-win situation um, as far as like painting and a bunch of just odd jobs that they're knocking out for me because they had prior experience as well as um, you know that connection that referral basis is extremely extremely like I can't stress this enough to actually just go off of referral basis every time I have uh, went against the grain on referral basis and just uh, went out there and got somebody random uh, and, and tried doing it myself. And, and I've read a lot of books on this to you know try to get that perfect person. You know I, I've called a bunch of contractors, got ten of them out, fifteen of them out, and or called to have them come out, and then you know five would show up maybe two would be okay and decent and then I would go with one and it was just hell. So every time that I went off of referral basis, never an issue whatsoever. So I highly recommend that way. Um, besides that, you know, just it, the, in the aspect of not actually um, putting, you know, advertising enough and, and getting enough attention to the property, um, I could definitely hire property management and and that would help tremendously because I wouldn't need to worry about it They would worry about it and they would put their whole team uh, and efforts to actually market this to get it filled as soon as possible um, But besides that, you know, it, it's all it's all in, in the works and like I said, I got one filled um, the out of two that were completely remodeled the other two properties out of the four properties that I got um, are they need a complete remodel so with that being said I'm gonna jump into the numbers about that and uh, very excited about those two projects um, but really quickly I'm gonna go over um, you know what what it analyzing a deal actually looks like and what you should kind of keep track of and and uh, shoot for in general because a lot of people are just going um, including myself. So I'm going to I'm going to show you both sides of it. You know, what you should go for as well as what I'm currently go for and what a lot of other people uh typically shoot for. Um which is a lot of people just go for you know, whatever the income that you're producing, whatever, you know, minus the expenses. Um and then um basically whatever is left over is is your cash flow. Um and that is all fine and dandy to a certain degree, but you do need to have a lot of other things in mind as far as expectancies throughout the year. And once you do it after a few years, if if you're not adding those costs in, those factors, uh, which I'll go over in just a second, then you will slowly see what those are, and then you can average it out on a on a uh, more accurate level um, to kind of prepare for in the future. But there's a lot of general uh, percentages out there 
for your area that you're investing that you can do research on or reach out to a realtor uh, or a broker and see what the average is um, in as as far as percentage wise of what you should be budgeting away each month out of your cash flow um, to to kind of just predict the future and be prepared for it so it's always better to plan ahead instead of uh, be scrambling around last second uh, just like like I, I mentioned 70% uh, of Americans have less than a thousand dollars in their savings for an emergency fund so uh, when shit hits the fan for them they'll be you know running around trying to scramble around and um, and try to take care of their emergency which is a lot more stress headache you don't need that so with that being said I'm gonna jump into it really quick and um, and what I'm not doing right now like I said I, I have one of my properties that is ready to be rented out and it's vacant so I should be um, expecting or uh, analyzing and kind of adding that into my over cost of um, minusing that out of my out of my cash flow of what the expenses uh, for holding costs would be as far as having an empty unit um, and this is a single-family house that I'm talking about so when it comes down to a single-family house this is one of the issues that's why I really love multifamily a lot more because if uh, whether you're jumping in right from the beginning and you're shooting for a four unit um, a duplex triplex or four unit then you know you have options because when you have one tenant move out typically you're not gonna have one, more than one tenant move out but if you did have two tenants move out you'll still have that other tenant uh, that's locked into the lease that is happy with their place and uh, you have the opportunity to make them happy and keep them there and having that one will typically take care of your all your expenses all your payments so um, so that's where it's really like the blessing to have uh, multifamily and that's where multifamily will really you know kick your butt and, and, and take care of you and really help you in the long run so that is something that I definitely want to shoot for um, more in the future but I do have two triplexes right now that are, are doing well and I'm excited to tell you about one that I just closed on um, because my other one it's it's five houses down the street same side of the street and that one is doing amazing for me so uh, really quick what numbers should you be factoring when it comes down to analyzing a deal also if you guys um, if you guys could check out my Instagram uh, follow me on Brandon Elliott investments um, and I'd love to just connect with everybody a little bit more but um, let's get into it so a lot of people like I said they're just going over you know whatever the property is actually bringing in the income and then minusing um, expenses like utilities if they're paying for it the owner um, or uh, the the mortgage um, and if the taxes and insurance aren't actually included in the mortgage then sometimes you're I see investors forgetting about that one of the instances of the one of the three people that reached out to me within the last two weeks they forgot to include uh, a budget for the taxes and I brought that up to them and, and they're just they're like taxes isn't that included it's like well it is if you budget that into your mortgage but he paid all cash for it so he, he wasn't anticipating um, or he expected to pay all cash for it so he wasn't anticipating um, 
that deal, you know, to, to factor in the taxes, which you always should. So uh, I'm just going to jump into it really quick. Um, basically, vacancies. Um, vacancies, you can always, like I said, check with your broker uh, in the area, somebody that's good, that's, that's doing work on a regular basis. They'll have a, a better idea, your realtor, your realtor or, um, or property management in the area. You can call around to a few different ones, see what their average is and uh, what the average is in the area. You can also just check online um, and, and just Google um, the, the facts and breakdown of that city in general. Typically, you'll be able to find you know, what the uh, historical data has been in the past and uh, they keep it pretty accurate in my opinion. Um, also, just like ask people, call up and ask. Uh, reach out to your, and be a member of your, uh, your local RIA group, uh, real estate investment group, just so you guys can connect with the right people and you can, you can ask those questions if you're not sure. That definitely helps out tremendously. On, like usually the, the average is right around 10% is a, is a good solid number to, to factor in uh, as far as vacancies. But if you do it right, you know, you could, you can average, uh, or that average will go down a lot because if you're marketing it correctly, if you have pictures of, of before, if you have good tenants in there that aren't trashing the place, um, then sometimes you can get, right when they move out, you can have somebody in within the next day or within the next week after you get a couple little things taken care of. So I definitely, um, you know, I, I like to budget 10% of the total income that you're anticipating but um, but it really just depends on the marketing strategy that you have but uh, let's just go for 10% right now um, and then uh, maintenance so maintenance and then we have cap X and um, I'll, I'll just go over those really quickly but they're they're almost one of the same um, so what is it maintenance X. All right, so maintenance is, um, you know, whatever whatever that you have on, you know, if a sink uh, is leaking, if a toilet needs to be replaced, if um, a window gets broken, um, lawn needs to be cut, you know, whatever those things are, um, you can either be prepared for it and write it in the lease, making the tenants responsible for those things. And that's something that I typically do, a, a lot of mine. Um, or, you know, at the end of the day, there's always gonna be something that comes up maintenance-wise that needs to be replaced and, and fixed that the tenants won't be able to do and that you'll need to budget money aside to pay for those things. Um, back in January, I had one of my tenants had a refrigerator that just completely just went out and I could have uh, you know got it fixed for around two hundred dollars it was a great tenant though I ended up getting a new one in there for just around five hundred dollars and they signed a two-year lease and also took on um, their last utility that I was currently still paying for which was the water uh, water trash and sewer they're all together which um, in my area uh, totals to $68.82, so 70 bucks, uh, pretty much. And they're paying for that now, so 
uh, as you can tell when you make the when you make it a win-win situation it's definitely the way to go and I highly recommend that but um, so they were super happy they get something new I don't need to worry about it, it came with a 10-year warranty you know it, it just makes sense and I also just structured the the lease for them to stay two years and you know I have no worries about that now uh, trying to find a new tenant in a year when their lease is up um, so you know things like that is definitely something to uh, think about um, as far as cap X now cap X is something that the, these are big ticket items um, such as a new roof like gutters um, uh, let's see new siding um, the the furnace water heater stuff like that those things are more expensive big ticket items like I just put a new roof on and gutters on one of my properties that I just purchased I'll go over in just a minute and um, that one that that's Wellesley Avenue as well um, so that one right there it cost me eighty seven hundred dollars for a new roof and gutters which to be honest is a little bit over um, what it should have been but there was a lot of uh, a lot of work that needed to be done underneath as far as replacing new boards and um, so that's why that added up a little bit as well and it was kind of just like a last minute type of thing um, but you want to prepare ahead because I, I paid $8,700 for that and like I said I do a full rehab on my on my projects for the most part and if let, let's say you know a, a roof typically will last anywhere from you know 15 20 to 25 years depending on what kind of you know roof you're working with um, but basically instead of me next time actually coming out of pocket just randomly with $8,700 and it will go up over time I'm guessing you know um, so in 20 years I can start factoring that in now you know I can do the math on $8,700 or I can just round up all my expenses of nine grand maybe ten grand and then uh, just divide it by 20 years uh, which would be the average of the life of that that uh, roof and then I can see what that would be per month as a cost and typically it will be a small amount but if you if you factor that things in in the beginning and put that to the side and not actually look at it as cash flow then that will help you out tremendously in the long run because you'll have it budgeted away and you're not gonna have to come out of pocket out of nowhere um, so you'll actually be able to see what the true numbers are behind it um, when it comes down to your your return on your investment and your cash flow and you wanna you wanna have these um, these items all budgeted away and and set up properly so you know exactly what your property is doing so um, so capital expenditures uh, you also have taxes um, if you don't know about uh, like what your taxes will be for the property check with the realtor check with um, broker uh, check online it's very easy uh, check with your tax assessor's office uh, at the downtown um, you know courthouse you know all these things it's very easy to see what it was last year and they're basically going to assess it on um, what what uh, your your property is valued at you know the the condition of your property so um, when you remodel your property and make it in good condition don't be surprised if the taxes actually go up so understand that try to factor that in and be prepared for it as well
Um, when it comes down to if you have a mortgage on a property, it's very easy to just include, and I do it with all my properties uh, that I have mortgages for, to include the, the taxes and insurance into the, the mortgage uh, principal and interest payment, just so I don't need to worry about it. The escrow builds it um, into the account and, and factors that in, they budget it away, and then um, they basically, you know, so you wanna, you wanna have all those factors in um, as far as your, your taxes, insurance, and just be prepared for it. You can always call up any insurance to, any insurance company to see what their quote is going to be when they anticipate um, you purchasing the property. So I call all the time right before I'm about to purchase a property with the insurance company that I like to use and see exactly you know what that would look like um, as far as what I should estimate for. So um, have the insurance. And, um, and when you do this and, and you factor all these away, as far as maintenance, it depends. You know, I, I like to just use 10%. Um, cap X, when you're doing a full remodel on these projects, you know, that, that shouldn't be, um, the, the cap X should be a lot less than 10% because, um, like I said, you're doing a full remodel. Everything's pretty much brand new. You have a lot of time before things are going to start breaking down again. So I like to factor 5%, but, uh, on my personal projects, but Everybody is different and it really just depends on the overall quality of job that you're working on. Uh, triplex that I just purchased, I'm not actually going to um, replace the roof because it's in good shape. It has another 10 years left, but I am going to factor in the cap X of what that uh, will cost in about 10 years when it does need to be replaced. Also, if I haven't mentioned, mentioned um, cap X is just capital expenditures. Uh, of what you need in the future um, so with that being said um, if you guys factor in these then you should really be on point and and have everything um, down to a T of of what to expect as far as all of your expenses and like I said I like to round up and average um, Basically, you want to do 10% of the total income that you're anticipating and expecting of, uh, you know, all the rents combined together for that particular property. If you have a single family property that rents out for $1,000, then you want to expect a 10% vacancy, which is $100, um, you know, per month. Same thing with maintenance, stuff like that. Um, so, so, yes. It's, uh, it's very easy once you actually factor it in correctly um, and, and, and do it the, the right way um, just to be prepared for this stuff. So let me get rid of this for you guys. Let me see if we have any questions. Jeff Rowland, what's up? Jennifer Nguyen, my baby. Justin Parks, what's up, bro? Mick, what a six unit if a three unit is try. Yeah, so anything over a fourplex um, is they they don't they don't have those. They just have like you know six units, seven units, whatever it is. 
Um, so I'm gonna give you guys a little breakdown, a little behind the scenes of what my projects are right now. The the four properties that I just that I just got, and I just want to make sure that uh, the cameras are still rolling really quick. Let me double check. Cool. All right. So, um, okay. So, some of my deals right now. Um, basically, that Arlington property. I'll just break down these numbers really quick. So, the Arlington property is the property that I was talking about that I got a tenant in right away. The day that it closed, I had the tenant waiting there uh, with the seller to get the keys and move in. Um, luckily I had a good relationship with the seller met him several times he's actually a contractor did some work uh, for me in the past and just a stand-up guy so he definitely helped me with the whole long distance to be able to pull this off but um, the, the street address is uh, Arlington Arlington Ave um, it's a fully remodeled house. It doesn't need anything. He did all the work to it. Um, and he was a motivated seller. Definitely wanted to get out of, um, he, he's got a strong business in construction that's just blowing up and he doesn't have time to rent it out and, and worry about the screening process. He's rented it out quickly in the past and had a lot of issues like I was talking about. So he doesn't have the, the time or, um, the patience to, um, find a property management company or himself and basically he was a motivated seller so I took advantage of that and I negotiated um, the price down to uh, $22,000 um, basically with my lender that I use it's a small local lender bank in the area they do 25% down and uh, in that area, they actually have a promotional thing going on that they cover the closing cost. The closing cost portion that I need to um, pay, so they pay their closing cost. They waive that for you. Um, the closing cost that I do have to pay is still with the title company that I use, um, and they're phenomenal, so I have no issues with that. That averages out to about eight fifty to about $1,000. So I like to round up, like I said, do a thousand dollars. So right, before I do this, so twenty-five percent of uh, twenty-two thousand dollars is um, fifty-five hundred plus one thousand dollars for uh, the title company for the title company and then um, let's see and then I had to supply um, the appliances which were average out to about 950 so we'll round up to a thousand dollars for that so now we are at 
7,500. So hopefully you guys can still see this. So at uh, 7,500, I actually brought in a partner for this deal to get him excited about real estate investing and um, just make it a win-win situation. So I can leverage my money and put it in other projects that I have going on and, uh, and have some testimonials and you know, kind of guide people along the way. So with that being said, I ended up, you know, 7,500 is the total cost needed to purchase this property. And um, so we divide that by two, two people, 7,500 divided by two, we are at, 3750 bucks, um, and that's for each of us. The monthly income for this property is 750 bucks. That's for the monthly rent, 750 bucks for the monthly rent. Um, the mortgage taxes and insurance is 130 bucks. So 750 monthly rent uh, minus the 150, we're at $620 is what's coming in. Like I said, you should be going over, like what I just put down here, you should be going over and factoring in vacancies. You should factor in um, the, the maintenance, um, capital expenditures, things like that. It is a fully remodeled house. I don't feel the need at this time to factor in um, the, the capital expenditures. What I did forget though is property management. You should factor in property management as well, which is an additional 10%. So, um, and that's on average. I like to average actually a little bit over at 12%. And that's for the fact that when you do have vacancies, usually the property manager will um, require about either half of the, the first month's rent or the full month's rent. And then that ends up being a little bit over 10% what their fee is on the average uh, monthly. So something to definitely um, keep in track. Right now I'm doing my own property management, but always, even if you're, you're planning on doing your own property management, you should still factor in property management expenses in the future. So right now I'm not factoring it into this deal, but um, it is in the back of my mind. There's still cash flow available to be able to uh, use a property management in the future when I have too many properties and that is something that I'm no longer interested in. Um, so with that being said, $620 is the cash flow currently right now um, without using you know, all the, all the numbers that we were actually just going over. So this is uh, going a little bit against the grain. Um, and divide that by two people, so that's $310. Um, 310 times 12, 12 months in a year, you're at 3,720 bucks. Um, like I said, to get this property, we needed 3,750. What we I will make at the end of this year is, uh, on average, is gonna be about 3,720. 
Um, I have a, a strong lease. I have a awesome tenant in there. No problems. It's fully remodeled. There, you know, capital expenditures. Nothing's going to happen in this next year. Um, but in in the future, obviously, you know, plan for that. In the next 20 years, might need to replace a roof, maybe 25. Um, it's all really good craftsmanship. Everything's in really good shape. So a lot of things I don't need to necessarily budget for um, until you know down the road. Uh, for this first year, just to get my money back it is what I'm really looking at. And uh, basically, the, this comes out to you know thirty thirty dollars difference. Um, that's just about a hundred percent. Uh, return on my investment on my cash cash on cash investment and even if it's Not uh, and the expenses end up coming a little bit higher. You know, it's a phenomenal deal if I get my money back Anywhere around a year less more whatever it, it may be um, it's a it's a home run and uh, Something that is just I mean, it's a good deal. So um, th this type of place will always stay rented and give me no problem. So excited about that one. Uh, let's see what else. So, um, let's talk about the Wellesley property. The Wellesley one is awesome. It's an awesome situation because I ended up getting... I ended up getting this one from another out-of-state investor, but they didn't know about the area. This was their first property that they actually decided to purchase. They purchased it from an REO, which is a bank-owned property, and uh, that, that's the bank owns it after they take it back from a foreclosure. So the original owners, um, they didn't keep up with the payments, got foreclosed on, nobody bought it at the auction, the bank took it back, and then after a period of time, they give it to a broker to sell. Um, and afterwards, this investor out of, they're actually from Arizona. They bought somehow in this area. They had anticipations to uh, do a fix and flip as well as possibly a wholesale. And it just didn't work out for them. I took advantage of the opportunity by informing them a little bit and, and kind of intimidating them about the neighborhood. Um, pointing out certain things and kind of just, you know, saying like, good luck, let me know. And they started off at 15,000. Um, then they brought it down to $12,000. And um, I just said, you know, come down once you're closer to 6,000. Uh, they, they just weren't doing it. I reached out a few weeks later and then uh, they, they brought it, they said they would do it for six at that moment, you know, I realized, you know, let's see what more I can get. And I said I would do it for five and you cover your closing cost. Um, and I will cover mine. And that's just how it worked out. So I purchased this property. It's a single family house for, it's a three bedroom, one bath house uh, for, and that's three bedroom, one bath house um, for, for, so it's Wellesley. This is Wellesley Avenue, and I bought this for five thousand dollars. Bought it for five grand cash. So this is where it 
it really is awesome because I'm thankful that I got college students to do a lot of the work, a lot of the basic things. Um, they're in the mix of painting the outside right now for you know a couple hundred bucks, which is awesome. It's like it's crazy, and you know it doesn't need to be perfect. It doesn't need to be the best of the best. But these guys actually have really good work because they've had experience in the past, which is awesome. So it's it's a win-win situation and. Um, we're doing a full remodel on it. I put a new roof on it, 8700. Um, doing new floors, a little bit uh, upgrades in the kitchen, as well as fresh paint everywhere makes a hell of a difference. Uh, upgrades in the bathroom, things like that. Uh, basement, all taken care of. Um, new appliances, things like that. Basically, I'm going to have in total. Uh, where are we at? I'm going to have about 21 thousand dollars in total 21 to 23 thousand dollars uh, in total for for the full remodel like for the whole project including the five grand so it's gonna be about 15 um, like 16,000 to uh, 18,000 19,000 to actually do this remodel and and the best part about it is that it's going to be completely remodeled after. I mean, in brand new condition doesn't need anything for the long run. So once I get a great qualified tenant in there, it's going to rent anywhere from seven fifty a month to eight fifty a month. But even better, on top of that, once I actually get a tenant, a signed lease, a tenant in there then I can take this to my local bank in that area that I invest with and they will do 70%. They will do a cash out refinance of 70% of what the ARV is. The ARV is the after repair value. The after repair value being conservative in this area will be uh, around 30, 35,000, but we'll say 30. 30k they'll do 70% so we're at uh, 21 so 70% we'll do cash out refinance that's 21k that I potentially will get around $21,000 uh, for this property and I don't have a mortgage on it I don't have any expenses on it um, except the the water bill right now the, the electric is $30 a month if that like around there um, the the water trash sewer um, that is $70 a month 68.82 so I do have to factor those in but it's really I just add it into the total cost of what I will have into this project um, at the end of the day with that being said if it appraises for 30,000 and all appraisals um, you know uh, an appraisal is just somebody that's giving their opinion of other comparables in the area. Uh, everybody, unfortunately, isn't the best with appraisals, so you could get a different number, a different answer for every, like, you know, if you if you had 10 different um, appraisers appraise your property, you could potentially get 10 different answers, which is crazy. And uh, there, there should be something more um, legitimate and solidified with that, but unfortunately there isn't. So, uh, like I said, it's a relationship-built business. It definitely is a plus to um, 
have a lot of communication and be a likable person, smile, uh, treat people, you know, bring coffee, bring, kind of do their work for them a little bit in a respectful way and show them, you know, the comps that you pulled um, and, and see, you know, get them on your good side to be able to um, really have favor on your property and your outcome. But so this potentially on the low end could get 30,000. It could go up to about 35, maybe a little bit higher, thousand. Um, so that's pretty exciting. At the end of the day, once I cash out refinances, I will get um, right around this price uh, for for my property. Meaning that I will have little, like very little to no money actually into these properties. If it appraises for 35,000, I could potentially walk away with cash in my hand and a brand new property, you know, brand new remodeled property with good tenants in there paying monthly and all I'll have is, uh, I'll have no money into the actual deal, so my cash on cash return is, you know, tremendous. It's, it's, a, it's above because I have nothing actually invested into it. I'll just have a small mortgage, uh, taxes, and insurance payment that I'll be responsible for, but very small when it comes down to financing, um, you know, 20, 21 to, Twenty-three, twenty-five thousand dollars. Very small. It's uh, around a, you know, two hundred bucks at, at the very most. And like I said, it will rent out for seven fifty to eight fifty. So you do the math on that. You know, there's a lot of wiggle room. And like I said, the capital expenditures in the future slim to slim to none because it's gonna it's gonna be for the long run, um, and, and no problems in the meantime. So you have the opportunity to cash flow. You can also do uh, seller financing and give the good tenant the option to purchase the property, which is a tremendous win-win. Um, and you can act like the bank and make them responsible for all those expenses. So pretty cool things. There's a lot of different strategies within real estate. That's why I love real estate so much. And there's just tremendous um, opportunities and growth within that. So, um, let me see what else we got. Let me see, let me see. Cool. So I got five more minutes or less. Uh, I'm going to jump into uh, my Euclid property, which I love. This one's awesome. So I purchased this one. I, I have the same exact style property right down the street. Five houses down, same street. It, uh, I, I originally purchased it for $60,500. It brings in eighteen seventy-five dollars a month. The mortgage taxes insurance is four hundred and sixty. dollars So there's a lot of cash flow right there, a lot of opportunities. And um, I don't have any expenses on that property because um, all of the tenants, I, I put that on the tenant's responsibility. So um, with that being said, there, there's a lot of opportunity within this one. Now this particular triplex is right down the street, but it, it was more in a situation from the sellers that they were extremely motivated, they were older, they just wanted to get out, they stopped doing uh, maintenance on the property themselves so deferred maintenance started adding up and it is in the position that it actually needs 
um, around $45,000 to $65,000. So with that being said, um, they were listing it for $45,000. I ended up purchasing it for $20,000 with a mortgage, 25% down. I ended up uh, coming out of pocket for $5,000 down plus my title uh, insurance and uh, company in general just you know, doing all of the closing and preparing that for me. That was an additional thousand. So I had $6,000 out of pocket to purchase this property. It is a triplex and uh, it did come with one tenant in the back. They are currently paying $375 per month, which is well under uh, the market rent. Um, the market rent could go anywhere from $550 to $700. And, um, in that particular situation, it is a stress property because they're not, like I said, the sellers, they weren't taking care of the property. So um, I'm doing a complete remodel on it. I know that the after repair value, the ARV will be worth anywhere in the range of, uh, on the very, very low end, about 92,000 on uh, the upward end of 110 or so. And, um, like I said, I'm in it for $20,000. Um, that's what I purchased it for. And then I, um, I will have, at the very most, about $65,000 into it. But I'll break down the numbers for you really quick. Um, so Euclid F. So 20K, 25% of that, um, and, and basically, so I don't have actually that much time to, to be able to do this, but um, like I said, the, the one tenant brings in uh, 375, the current mortgage taxes insurance is 190, um, I am paying the water bill for the, the two up front, which is... 70 each so 140 there's still room um, for what is that like $45 uh, difference um, so in total my expenses for that property currently is 330 bucks um, it brings in 375 so I have the opportunity with this one to bring in 1875 a month um, let's say it's worth ninety five thousand dollars at the end I can get 70% of that that would be sixty six thousand five hundred and then um, minus the original loan because um, they will pay that off uh, of 15k uh, which is the 75% of uh, the difference of the 25% that I actually paid um, so basically the cash out refinance portion I will personally get a check for around $51,000. The best part is that um, if, if all the numbers work out correctly, like you know where I'm at right now, um, I, I can potentially get away with knocking this project out for around $47,000 is where I'm at. Um, and I say 65 on the high end because that, there were some quotes on some other things. Um, that I originally got but after negotiating and working out with some other contractors and everything um, it, it looks like the overall project will be right around 47,000 
an extra five grand, we're talking 52,000. I'm walking away with a check for 51,000. I'll have little to no money actually into this deal. The best part is afterwards, um, I'll have a small mortgage and I'll have great tenants in there and it will cash flow similar to 1875, which is what my other one brings in right down the street. So very excited for that. Uh, I definitely want to get you guys excited about that as well. And um, you know, if you guys have any questions about real estate investing or um, basically just taking advantage of you know real estate, I highly recommend you guys to reach out to me. Like I said, my Instagram, Brandon Elliott Investments. Um, you can reach out to me at brandonelliottinvestments.com. You can email me, brandonelliottinvestments at gmail. And I would be extremely happy and um, would love to just reach out to you guys and, and make it a win-win situation, help you guys out with any questions um, that you might have. So with that being said, guys, I appreciate you guys all for joining. Do me a favor, subscribe, like, share, get this out to people. Uh, send me some hearts, whatever it may be. And uh, I appreciate you guys. Get it out to the right people and, um, and we can do some real estate together. All right. That being said, love you all. Peace out. This has been another episode of Ready, Set, Go! Real Estate Investing Podcast. Brought to you by Brandon Elliott. For more information, please visit BrandonElliottInvestments.com. Also, please don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. Thanks again for joining. Until next time, God bless.